0: Hi, I'm Alexia Russell and today on The Detail, the stumbling blocks for first home buyers and what's being done to help.
1: Third and final call, selling, going, going. Sold, 3590
0: Congratulations. They're notorious. Stories about young people getting onto the property ladder. If they can do it, you can do it too. OK, here's how they do it. They have an inheritance. Their parents give or lend them much of the deposit. Their parents put their name on the mortgage. They live with mum and dad, rent free, for five years. Two of them work three jobs each and have no life. And as politicians and policy wonks mull over the best solutions, property prices continue to march on up.
1: The first home is always the hardest for someone to buy. Once they've bought their first home, they're on and they're going. And, And buying a home's not easy. Buying a home is a privilege as well. And I think people, if they work hard and do what's necessary, they end up in a home.
0: Well, some people do. Just under a quarter of property buyers are first home buyers. But for some, the stumbling blocks are too huge, especially if you're spending all your
2: wages on rent. Nationally, the median house price is $725,000, and in Auckland, it's $1 million. On the streets of Henderson, home ownership is a fantasy for some.
0: So I'd love to own a home um, if I won the logo or something like
1: that. <laughs> Prices these days, 1.25 million in Araki, and that's just for a shit of one bedroom. It's crap. I'm definitely not way out of my affordability right now.
0: If you're living somewhere like Auckland, Wellington or Queenstown, it's even harder. Even if you're sitting on the cash you are going to use on your cancelled OE, it's tough. If you're looking at, to sort of service that mortgage on your own and, and getting flatmates in and things like that, um, that's that's huge. And I think people get so um, obsessed with, with the housing market and, oh my God, I need to buy a house or, you know, like I'm going to be financially screwed for the rest of my life and you get and then you get so desperate to get one, and then when you get one, you're like, oh my God, how much have I just
1: paid for this thing?
0: Yesterday, the government made moves aimed at swinging the balance in favour of first-home buyers. The government is setting out the next steps in our plan to increase housing supply and increase support for first-home buyers. The government has announced a suite of measures to help first-home buyers and curb the housing market including doubling the Bright Line test to 10 years. That means second or multiple homes sold within a set time frame could be taxed. The Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says the government is not introducing a capital gains tax, but simply extending a policy that was already there. Other measures include increasing the caps for first home grants and loans.
2: We've set up
0: this new 3.8 billion dollar housing acceleration fund to fund infrastructure on We're land. We're also we responding to rising housing prices to give first home owners a leg up onto the property ladder with changes to income caps on our first home products and to regional we price. We will double caps. the bright line test originally brought in by the National Party from five years to ten years to reduce the attractiveness of flipping residential homes to speculators. We are also announcing today that the government is ending a tax loophole that favours investors over first-home buyers. The CTUs backed the changes, property investors not so much. None of that in
1: the sweet measures whatsoever. All this tinkering and virtue signalling nothing that's actually going to make a difference. And if I sound scathing, it's because they had an opportunity and they've missed it. If you want to level the playing field for first-home buyers, so, you know, I mean, if I'm a first-home buyer, that's fantastic. If you're a property investor, it's uh, just cost you a whole heap of money.
0: This is John Bolton. He's a mortgage broker, the CEO of Squirrel. He says the government's moves will make a
1: difference. In two ways. So I guess, you know, they've, um, they've changed the levels that the first-home scheme and the grant cap out at. So that's up to 700000 now for a new property in Auckland. That's gonna help a bit. There's a lot of property that was sitting between six fifty and seven hundred that Okay, so
0: explain that a bit more. That's if you're buying a new build yeah. that's worth less than seven hundred thousand, you get a grant of
1: up to ten thousand dollars, and that's just given to you. It's just given to you. Um, okay. You need to be beneath the income cap, and that's also changed. So that's now for a couple up to one hundred and fifty thousand. Um, that's probably the single biggest impact because we found in the Auckland market uh, certainly that uh, a lot of our couples were over the one hundred and thirty thousand that it used to be, one hundred and thirty-five thousand that it used to be. So um, I think one hundred and fifty will. Capture more first home buyers, so more first home buyers will get grants, and that's that's handy. I mean, that's up to another twenty thousand dollars for a couple um, on a, on a new build.
0: Is this um, pushing ahead to try and get more people in, or is it just reacting to the reality of the difficult home market?
1: I think it's reacting to the difficulty of the home market. But look, one of the things that we've seen over the last two or three years is that the development community's woken up first-home buyers. So if you went back four or five years ago, builders were still building standalone houses. And, you know, I'm just using Auckland as an example, but it, across the country, you know, you just have this, this urban sprawl of standalone houses because, of course, that's what Kiwis wanted, right? But with where house prices are now, um, the market's really shifted. Like a, a lot of first-home buyers are buying terraced housing and terraced housing is taking off. Um, and the good thing with terrorist housing is the developers are building product specifically into that first home market. Uh, and, you know, I think the price cap at 650 they were really struggling with in Auckland. Um, it was difficult for them to build and, and get a good product into market at that level. I think 700 is going to give them a bit more space to get a lot more terrorist housing out there.
0: But has it also been inflationary? That they think, oh, we can go up to 700 now, we'll raise our prices yeah. a little bit?
1: Yeah, I was I was thinking about that. Uh, I, I don't think so. I think if they'd pushed the cap up any further, I think there would have been a risk that it was inflationary. I think developers were genuinely struggling to get product into market at 650. Uh, at 700, I think it's going to unlock a lot more. Uh, and it gives them something to aim at, you know um, i've seen a lot of terrace town housing in that sort of seven twenty to seven fifty price bracket. I think developers now have a really strong incentive to try and get below that seven hundred
0: so in terms of today's announcement, do you see this as being a real boost for home first home buyers have you got clients on your box who you say, okay we'll get you over the line with this
1: yeah it, everything helps, right? I think mm. the other side of it that you need to think about in the context of this, is also what the government's doing to property investors. Because, you know, it's property investors that arguably will crowd out 1st home buyers in the market, right? Or they'll hold on to stock, and by by holding on to it, there's just not enough stock in the market. Um, So the government is uh, removing interest deductibility for investment property. I I think that has a really significant impact uh, on the attractiveness of property investing you combine that with the healthy homes initiatives and combine it with the 10-year bright line test and you know residential property investment isn't looking that attractive so I think on one hand you're going to see a lot less activity from property investors uh, which is going to create space for first home buyers Um, and then you've got obviously you know they've, they've got some additional incentive there.
0: Yes, we've already seen the tears from property investors about how (laughs) how, how terrible it is that they now can't make an absolute killing. (laughs) Um, Do you really think this will make a difference? Were you expecting it?
1: I, I, I think the uh, the changes for first home buyers in terms of um, just you know changing the first home s- uh, grant level and uh, and the Kiwi Build stuff and and um, the first home scheme, which is the government underwriting first home buyers with as little as five percent deposit. There's there's three different things going on there. So and and I think it can get a little confusing. So there's a set of rules that sit around Kiwi Build, which is really orientated around developers. You know, develop this product at this price, and we'll underwrite it for. So
0: this is the one that we haven't actually seen a lot of houses being built?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you've seen more in Auckland um, than elsewhere. Like there's nothing going on in Wellington at the moment. But um, there's actually a reasonable amount going on in Auckland. Mm. And then you've got the first home scheme. Now that's um, where effectively Kianga Ora underwrites first home buyers through selected lenders, uh, which means that um, those buyers can buy with as little as 5% deposit. Kainga Ora is the old housing New Zealand. So none of the banks are doing 5% deposit lending, but you can through Kiyanga Ora, through their first home scheme. How
0: do you get into that?
1: Uh, you apply for it. OK. Uh, so you, you can talk to a mortgage broker or talk to a participating bank uh, and get an approval on that basis. Generally, you find the property first and then, um, and then you can go into that scheme. That has the same income caps. As the first home grant, so it doesn't apply to everyone. It's really orientated towards sort of lower income households to help them get into the housing market, uh, and, and so it's a first home scheme. And then you've got the first home grant, which is where you get the extra money um, alongside your Kiwi Saver when so, you're buying so that your first house.
0: Might be enough to top up your deposit, kind of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so I think I think the, the, the tools are there and and they're working. But look, the thing is that it doesn't change affordability. So you can have all the grants in the world um, and you can free up as much housing stock as you like, but people still have to be able to afford housing at these price levels. So, you know, there's a huge part of the New Zealand market that this has really no... Um, impact on them you know they couldn't afford a house before they can't afford a house now
0: Mm. even those people i mean i guess there'll be there'll be a certain sector of um 20 somethings who were going to go on their oe and now have a little bit of spare cash and they might be looking to you know for fear of missing out might be looking to put that in a house yeah do you see much of
1: that well, well maybe i think there was a lot of fear of missing out over the last six months Yeah, we really actually felt that people were genuinely concerned. When you see house prices rocketing up at the speed that they were, especially outside of Auckland, places like Wellington were just going ballistic. Mm. You know, people were worried about missing out. And and I think there's been a a big contributor in the last six months. Maybe after this, you know, the fear of missing out, you can kind of put that on the back burner a little bit, particularly with, uh, you know, the impact on property investors. I think for the youngsters, the, the 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 real challenge is that with house prices where they are, they generally rely on double incomes. So what we see a lot is single people trying to buy into the property market, and it's just so much harder. Um, you know, uh, even with all of the subsidies and everything else, you know, ninety thousand individual income on ninety thousand individual income, you would struggle to buy into the Auckland um, housing market.
0: That's pretty crazy, isn't it, when you think that there's a whole sector of society that would never get in their lives that salary.
1: Well, but that's what I was alluding to earlier when I said, you know, there's a big part of the population that this has they're, they're no relevance for them.
0: Mm. Do you they're, think that's become permanent, that wedge between the people who have a bit of money and those who are never, ever going to get a house?
1: yeah yeah because if you don't have the income you can't um, service a loan, then you can't borrow the money and you can't buy the house. I
0: mean once upon a time a smaller income would have been okay, but the house prices obviously have gone up so much. yeah that's looking like Mount Everest out there.
1: Yeah and look and and I guess that's you know that, that's where there potentially could be unintended consequences from the changes today um, in the sense that you know the more we beat up property investors, you know who's going to buy and build all of the houses to support the part of the population that can't afford to buy. So you know there are implications for this. I mean, um, the changes that were made today will help first home buyers get into market that could afford to buy, uh, but it's not going to help those that can't afford it. So it's perhaps moved the, that
0: final stumbling block for first home buyers. But hasn't lowered the bar for everybody
1: No it hasn't it hasn't because affordability is still an issue isn't it so mm.
0: what needs to happen to I mean it seems like the impossible question what <laughs> needs to happen to dampen down the housing market?
1: Well I, th- I think this will work. I think this will dampen down the housing market but what it, what it probably won't do is you know reduce house prices so it doesn't change the fundamental issue that housing is expensive in New Zealand and uh, and not everyone can afford it.
0: OK, so what about buying a little apartment just to get one foot on the ladder?
1: Apartments in, in New Zealand are actually not all that affordable. I mean, now when you sort of get down to a shoebox, you get down to a really small apartment, um, but then banks won't lend on them.
0: And that's just what my newsroom colleague, Nikki Mando,
2: discovered. So I got an email from somebody who said... Did you know I've been trying to buy an apartment and it's a little apartment, it's under 50 square metres, and the bank won't lend to me if it's a little apartment. Some banks won't lend to me at all because they say the apartment's too small. And some banks will only lend if I have a 50% deposit as against a 20% deposit if I'm buying a house. So it's like this catch-22. I can only afford a little apartment. The government's saying, cool, have a little apartment, but the banks won't lend money on it. Why? Well, that's been really difficult to find out. So this person and dozens of people that have contacted me since I've been writing these stories have said it's too... Well, the banks have told them it's too risky. But they don't give me any figures. They don't say... Apartments have gone down in value by X over the last 10 years. They don't say that rentals have gone through the floor. So, you know, and we know that rentals haven't gone through the floor. Um, Is that a hangover from the leaky building syndrome? I think it's a hangover from the GFC. So back in the early 2000s, there were a lot of little tiny shoebox, probably not very well-designed apartments built in, let's say, Auckland. Mm, Some of them were 35 square metres, weren't they? Yeah, 35 square meters is small. But I lived in a 35 square metre apartment when I was young. You know, I lived in a little tiny studio. It had a bed and a kitchen, and that was about it. So it's possible if that's all you've got. So they built all these not brilliantly designed apartments, and people moved into them. And then there was the GFC, the Global Financial Crisis, and things did go a bit to shit in the global financial crisis. And there were some problems with these little, pokey, badly designed apartments losing value. And some people did get burnt. Some first-home buyers, particularly, the price of the apartments did go down. And they couldn't pay their mortgages because they lost their job or whatever. And it was difficult. But that was, you know, 12 years ago.
0: She says since then values have been going up, yet even people who've done their due diligence on leaky buildings, leasehold properties and horrible body corporates
2: find the banks don't want to know. There is no mechanism. It is a blanket rule. So when you talk to the banks, they all say, oh, we look case by case. And when you talk to the dozens of people that have um, got in touch with me they all say it is a blanket rule they say this apartment is too small we will not lend to you so it's not, the, it's not a matter of finding the right mortgage broker or... no so the, the original person said I went to my bank and I said is there anything at all that I can give you which will change your mind and they came back going, going no <laughs> there is not one single thing that will change our mind Mendo says the government through the Reserve Bank could help banks change their minds, but there appears to be little appetite for that. Grant Robertson kind of said to the Reserve Bank, "Hey guys, play the game. Help us out here. Help them out here." And the Reserve Bank sort of went, mm, "Not sure that that's in our mandate." So there's been a—it's not quite a standoff, but I, I see it as a little bit of the Reserve Bank going, "Actually, no, Mr. Robertson, this isn't really what we're meant to do." Oh, <laughs> um, well. So but what's happened with the Reserve Bank? So Chloe Swarbrick, who's the new Green MP for Auckland Central, she's young, so she would have a lot of friends facing this situation. And she's on the Finance and Expenditure Select Committee, which meets and talks about things like this and grills the Reserve Bank about things. So back in February, she was grilling, well, her, the panel was grilling the Reserve Bank about things. And she asked this question, and it the whole thing takes twenty-one seconds. Particularly for first time buyers, one of the major opportunities presented to get into the market is apartments, but a number of banks refuse to lend when it comes to apartments smaller than fifty square meters. Is there any work being undertaken on that, or changes to it? Not familiar specifically. No. Okay. Okay. Perhaps there could be. Damien. Um, yeah. So, so you've got the situation where apartment builders are not building small apartments because A, the council says mm, not really very sure about that and B, they're not sure that they can sell them the, the market mm. for an, a small apartment is not nearly as big as the market for a, something else because you've got half mm. of this half of the potential market who's locked out so yeah it's, it's stymieing the building of small apartments which you'd have thought you'd want
0: It seems to be that there's still it's above everything and it always will be this great swathe of people who just it's become a a dream that they won't ever achieve
1: yeah and it gets it gets harder so you know if you're single it's difficult if you're single with kids it's even more difficult if you're a couple with kids and you're down to one and a half incomes it's difficult you know so housing's expensive
0: Mm. do you see many people coming through that you just have to say look you just can't meet that bar this at the moment
1: yeah yeah we do um and it's it 's always hard I, I would say that Kiwis generally have got better at saving the Kiwi saver uh, best thing ever you yeah. know? oh absolutely um, you know, I remember when we were going through the g f c and we were doing hundred percent loans back then you didn 't even need a deposit and and you know we 'd be looking at first home buyers and they 'd have big car loans and debt all over the place, no deposit and and the banks were lending on it. To today, we're generally speaking, you know, we see first home buyers with really healthy deposits. I, I honestly don't think that deposits generally now is the issue, um, because of KiwiSaver. You know, most people over time have managed to get fifty, sixty thousand dollars into the KiwiSaver. If their income's low enough, they'll get the first home subsidy, so they might get up to another twenty thousand. Um, and that's that's generally enough to get you through. But we keep coming back to this affordability issue, which is, you know, um, the level of income that you require at an individual level or in the household level, and especially if you've got kids, is quite high. I think it achieves, you know, one of the government's policy objectives. I think everyone's going to debate whether or not it's a level playing field now. But... Um, but it certainly makes it easier for 1st home buyers relative to investors. My concern with it is that, you know, as much as we like to beat up property investors, the reality is that they are housing a very large part of our population that cannot afford to buy a house. What happens there? And, uh, you know, because if you if you make property investing not attractive and we've got a housing shortage first-home buyers aren't going to fill that gap.
0: Of all of the tinkering that's been made to try and cool this ferocious housing market Mm. over the last few years, where does this sit in terms of usefulness?
1: Oh, it's right up there. (laughs) (laughs) But but as I say, I I don't think it's right up there uh, in terms of what's been done for first-home buyers. I I think it's right up there in terms of the impact on property investors. So... um, you know, it's, it's it's a pretty significant retilting of the scales.
0: That's it for today. Jeremy Ansell engineered this episode and Emile Donovan helped out too.
1: I live in Auckland and the idea of, you know, I'd have to sell, like, one of my kidneys, my appendix, maybe one of my eyeballs to afford a house here.
0: Thanks to Nikki Mando and John Bolton. The details brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Ka kite anō.